Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me shortly will be my co-host from Full Press Coverage and Rough the District, Trevor Stores. He's running a little bit behind. This one is on him. <laughs> Usually, I will call it as I see it, but Trevor running a little bit behind. But that's okay, because we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about training camp, and we're going to be talking about top preseason battles, as well as rookies to watch at training camp. And, uh, and I know that everyone who's listening to this is probably just starved for content when it comes to the NFL. Everyone knows that. But, I, you know, and so I'll have to mention this up front, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more uh, as it gets closer, because it's just around the corner now. But uh, as everyone may know, the NFL and Netflix kind of got together and they have a new series called Quarterback, which is an eight-episode docuseries uh, from NFL Films to follow theoretically three of the biggest quarterbacks in the game through the 2022 season. Now, it's really interesting they should say that because it's, of course, Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, and Marcus Mariota of the Falcons. So I'm not, listen, I'm not a Marcus Mariota hater or anything. I, I like Marcus Mariota, but... Is he one of the biggest quarterbacks in the game? I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I can get it in back. I can get behind, obviously. I mean, he won the Super Bowl, of course. Kirk Cousins, he's kind of out there. But Marcus Mariota is a little bit of a reach. And what are they going to do at the end of the season when he's not playing at all? I just don't know what they're going to do for that. But I'm sure everyone is kind of talking about it and everyone's thinking about it. And maybe it's good. Who knows? Either way, we're all starved for content. And July 12th is today. So, theoretically, that's going to drop shortly. Uh, I will say that I certainly will probably at least give it a shot, if nothing else. All right. So, here we are, joined by Trevor Soares. Hey, how you doing, Trevor? What's up, Haku, man? How are you this evening? That's uh, not too bad, my friend. Not too bad. And I was kind of talking to our audience about the fact that everyone's starved for NFL content right now. So, Netflix dropping the quarterback series on Netflix. Are you going to be watching that? Oh, for sure. I can't wait to see that. And I guess, of course, Hard Knocks is coming, too, but we'll get to that, I guess. But, yeah, yeah I'm ready to that's, that's right. Well, let's talk about – so let's, I was just saying that it, theoretic in the description, they say three of the biggest quarterbacks in the game in 2022 season are being followed. So that's Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. I'm, I, listen, I, I'm not a hater, but Marcus Mariota? Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Out of all the quarterbacks, six, six Marcus Mariota. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And, and for the last couple of episodes, are they just going to show him on the sidelines? I mean, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems kind of silly. Yeah, exactly. Watching him play, I mean, I don't know what he's, I don't know what he's going to be doing during those episodes. So those those will be really interesting to see. Let's talk about Hard Knocks. What? The, give, give me your thoughts on Hard Knocks. I'm upset, man, because the Commanders are one of the four teams they were in the running that we're in the running for it and we didn't get it so we got to listen to Aaron Rodgers come out of the cave uh, so brutal and, and play with the Jets I mean I feel like the whole Aaron Rodgers saga was a hard knock season itself so why are they going to make that <laughs> a hard knock Be, season you know because oh. he's pure drama though I mean that's the thing right I mean he's just like all about the drama I mean like Aaron Rodgers is built on people liking him and people hating him 
So he's like the ideal uh, reality star for something like Hard Knocks. But you're right. I think that the Commanders would have been a lot more interesting from an NFL perspective. You know, I mean, who, who wants to watch Aaron Rodgers talk crap about people he doesn't like again? You know, I mean, that's, that's no fun. Uh, anyway, <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Are you going to watch it anyway, though? I guess I guess the big question. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> there you go, folks. So we got lots to talk about today. We are going to talk about uh, some of the top rookies to watch during training camp, which opens not a week away, and some are opening just around the corner. And, of course, some of the top preseason position battles, including Brock Purdy versus Trey Lance and uh, Will Levis versus Malik Willis. Uh, two that I am very interested in hearing from you on this because I think there's a lot to talk about there. So let's go ahead and get rolling. All right. So Trev, I got like a bunch here <laughs> in terms of rookies. And um, I don't know do you, if you have one that you would like to bring up, feel free to go ahead and bring it up first. But if you don't, then I have a number here that I want to ask you about. Um, and what do you think, their chances are and what we should be looking for as we get into the, uh, into training camp. So I'm just going to fire away and I probably yeah, overlap yeah. ones you're already thinking about, but, but Jackson Smith and Jigba go to Seahawks. I mean, yeah. this has got to be one that we got to keep a close eye on, right? Because DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's still there and they are obviously established one and twos uh, and they're veterans. And Geno Smith actually did, you know, he did amazing. He had a, he had a career year last year throwing to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So in comes Jackson Smith and Jigba, first round draft pick, clearly somebody who is not going to sit on the sidelines, ultra quick, ridiculously explosive. What do you think is going to happen here, the Seahawks? And you know, do you have your eye? And what are you looking at uh, in terms of Jackson Smith and Jigba and the Seahawks in the, in, during training camp? I think that's a great pickup for them. They need that last receiver to complete that already dangerous receiver core they have with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And like you said, Geno Smith had a career year, got himself some more money, and got him a bag and a new extension because of that year last year with just those two receivers. So right. Pick up. He might be like a nice slot guy. He can be that person. He could be a deep ball guy. Yes. He gives Geno another weapon to go along with that wide receiving core. So I think it's a great pickup. Um, yeah. And you nailed it. I, I, I think the position he plays on the field is going to tell us a lot. You know, right. whether they put him outside or they put him in the slot. And, and honestly, uh, just with his speed and his versatility and the fact that Geno Smith is kind of a low-volume quarterback anyway, like, right. why not find ways to get him involved, right? Just kind of, like, hit him in these short slants, it's quick outs, you know, those, let, let him try to create with the ball in his hands. And if it ends up being four or five yards, so be it. But, you know, I, I bet you one out of ten, two out of ten, three out of ten times he's going to break one, uh, and there's always a potential for a home run right there. So – I think that's absolutely right. Whether he plays a slot, whether he plays outside, and what they do with Metcalf and Lockett, because, you know, Metcalf is still on the way up. Lockett, I feel, is kind of on the way down, you know, in many ways. So, I, I know, I, I have a close eye on that. a lot more now, too, so. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. So, I think this is be that, that's a really good one for me. Um, now, in terms of wide receivers, there are tons of wide receivers that I have my eyes on in, in terms of rookies. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three more. And I want to a- ask you which one you are most interested in watching in the offseason here. So Zay Flowers with the Ravens, Quentin Johnston, who I have a huge man crush on, as everyone knows, in the preseason and from the draft days, uh, with the Chargers. And then, of course, uh, we have the, uh, Jordan Addison with the Vikings. 
you know, so, you know, there's a little bit of a, uh, there's a little bit of a, a issue with the Vikings. They, they no longer have Adam Thielen. So, you know, there's some, there's some opportunity there. The Ravens basically have, uh, well, not much of anything. So there's some opportunity there. The Chargers have had receivers, but just can't seem to get over the hump. So there's maybe some opportunity there. So what do you think? Zay Flowers with the Ravens, Quentin Johnston with the Chargers, Jordan Addison with the Vikings. Any of those three interesting to you? And which one is the most interesting for you to keep an eye on uh, during training camp? Uh, Zay Flowers. Everybody always said that um, Lamar Jackson didn't have anybody to throw it to. That's why he runs all the time. But now he does. All he had was Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown a couple times, and maybe uh, Devin Duvernay before he became a kick returner. So they needed some (laughs) pass catchers. So, yeah, Zay Flowers brings you that speed, that deep ball, the quick – Slot receiver, if you need it to pair with OBJ, I think that's a great pickup for him. Um, yeah. Jordan Addison, I'm excited for that too. Kind of an underrated wide receiver, if you ask me. Taking an Adam Thielen spot to go with uh, Justin Jefferson, that's a huge pickup too. And KJ Osborne, mm-hmm. who now has a chance to shine, as he did last year a little bit. Now he has a bigger right, role. Right, right. Um, yep. But the, the Chargers pick, I mean, I guess that that will be great. It'll give Mike Williams a little bit of a break, too. And, of course, Keenan Allen, who's been the most underrated receiver in the game, I think, since he stepped on the field. But um, all three picks are great, but I'm really looking more, more excited for Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison rather than um, Quentin Nelson in, in San Diego. I mean, sorry, yeah. LA. <laughs> <In> LA. Yeah. <laughs> old old yeah. habits die hard, man. I, I, I totally yeah, man. get it. I occasionally call the Raiders uh, from Oakland, too. So, you know, yeah. I, and, of course, the Rams – they were St. Louis for so long. I tend to call them St. Louis every so often too. But hey, you know, Zay Flowers is a guy who is a difference maker. But um, you know, his track record in college is a little bit is a little bit dicey, only because he didn't have a good quarterback to throw to him, and he didn't have a good offense to operate in. So there's, I think, there's a lot of question marks. So I agree with you. Zay Flowers obviously has all the raw skill. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of size, um, and his catch radius isn't really really big. But he is fast. And he has good acceleration. And once he catches the ball, he is off to the races. And in terms of running routes, he is relatively polished. So, you know, I think there are some question marks regarding Zay Flowers just based on what he did in college because he just didn't have the right pieces around him. And I love the fact that Lamar Jackson went through all this uh, will-he-won't-he stuff during the offseason. And now he not only got what he wanted in terms of money, but he got a a pass catcher who can be a difference maker along with OBJ – I mean, if he doesn't make it happen this year, then all that talk is for nothing. <laughs> that's yeah. really, that's really it, right? I mean, like, is, this is a do or die, uh, you know, make it or bust type of year. I know Zay Flowers is a rookie, but if Lamar Jackson can't make it work for Baltimore this year, um, I think they may have to start considering what else they should do. You know? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Because now they're yeah. giving you, they're giving you weapons. You've been asking for it. Let's see what happens. Yep. Yep. So really interesting there. Now let me talk to you. Let's let me talk about Jordan Addison a little bit because you know the fact of the matter is that you know if if Thielen was there, there's going to be very little opportunity. But there is no there's no Thielen there, and Justin Jefferson obviously is the the alpha, maybe the most alpha in all of football when it comes to wide receivers. So clearly Addison will take a back seat to him, but he's going to draw so much coverage. In, term, in, in terms of safety coverage over the top and so on, that Jordan Addison can really thrive in that scenario. Uh, and I think that if they use him right, he may actually be the breakout wide receiver of the year just due to the opportunity he will get playing opposite someone like Justin Jefferson. And what do you think? What, what's realistic for you? Do you think that Jordan Addison can, can break 1,000 yards this season as a rookie? 
Uh, I think he has a great chance. Call say what you want about Kirk Cousins, but he's a gunslinger. Um, yeah. He, he gets his receivers yards. He did in Washington with Pierre Garcon and a couple other people like that. So, uh, yeah, I think he has a chance of getting a thousand yards. Maybe like barely a thousand, like a thousand ten, thousand twelve, thousand twenty four, yeah. something that just clips the thousand mark. But I think so because KJ Osborne, he's good, but he's a good number two. He's not really much of a threat, but he's a good receiver. And right. Justin Jefferson's going to get all the attention like he always does now. So that leaves Jordan Addison to really shine and, and make it look like he's been here before. So I think he has a great chance with the quarterback he's playing with and the system that they're running. Yeah, and also, you know, keep in mind, no Dalvin Cook uh, in Minnesota anymore. Right. So there, so those those targets are opening up. And, of course, the Vikings last year, believe it or not, attempted the third most passes in the yeah. league, 672 <laughs> during the regular season. I mean, that's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of target share to go around. <laughs> and, you know, no Adam Thielen, no Dalvin Cook. I mean, obviously, T.J. Hawkinson there will get a handful of them as well in an uptick there, and I love him for fantasy. But Jordan Addison, I think, has some, some potential here to break out. Now, I'm with you on Quentin Johnson. I'm not as excited about him, even though I'm, I have a huge man crush on him. The player, I think his opportunity is a little bit, uh, is a little bit bleak. <laughs> I mean, Justin yeah. Herbert, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously good, um, but he's got great op- – he already has great targets. So yeah. it, it seems – I don't know how they're going to use him. So I, I do want to keep a close eye on how they use him uh, during, the, uh, during training camp. But I, I have some question marks as to whether he's going to have an impact this year or not. Uh, so I totally agree with that. Let me flip over to the tight ends for a second because there are two that I have my eyes on. First of all, it's Michael Mayer uh, from Notre Dame over in Las Vegas. And uh, we know how Daniels likes to use those two tight end sets. And we know that they no longer have Darren Waller. So uh, obviously Michael Mayer there is a big pickup for them, a tight end. And we'll see how that works. But Jimmy Garoppolo also likes his tight end. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things they're pointing up for him. I like to, I'm keeping an eye on that, but Sam Laporta, who picked up by the Lions, you know, theoretically he's going to have lots and lots of targets in Ben Johnson's offense, and I and I'm really interested to see everybody's really on this Lions train of being on the upswing in terms of offense. You know, don't have T.J. Hawkinson anymore, and there's clearly a need there, and there was a vacuum there last season. So Laporta, one of the best catching tight ends in college last year, could be huge. So what do you think about? Michael Mayer over in Las Vegas with the Raiders and Sam Laporta with the Detroit Lions. I think they'll both be successful because they're both replacing dudes that were there before. Darren Waller in in Oakland and... um, Then Hawkinson, I guess, kind of was gone for a while, but... (laughs) But Yeah, but you know, yeah. So I think they'll be great. Uh, Sam Laporta is a great pass-catching tight end. And, you know, with Jared Goff back there, it gives him yet another weapon outside of St. Brown and and uh, Jamal, no, Jamal Williams is gone. I don't know. They just got weapons out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, funny, you know, so you bring up a good point because everyone is on the Lions bandwagon, right? And then right. it comes down to like, why are you on the Lions bandwagon? And we're like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, the, the Andre Swift isn't there either, you know, so you're just kind of right, like, yeah. <laughs> well, who knows? But so with that being said, Michael Mayer should probably have a better season just because of the quarterback back there. And, you know, they got um, a running back who's holding out right now. Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Um, Hunter Renfro's there. Yeah, Devontae Um, Adams, of course. Devontae Adams is there. So, yeah, I think he'll be utilized a little bit more and better quarterback play in in Oakland than Sam Laporta in Detroit. But um, they both should be primed for a big year. I just think Mayer will have a bigger year. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. And, of course, I've watched a lot of Michael Mayer 
uh, when he was in college. And, you know, he's, he's not, you know, as athletic as Sam Laporta, but he is really good at finding that open space. And he is a big dude. You know, he can box anybody out. And if you, you know, that's what you want with your tight end, right? You know, you get him in a situation where you find an open space, you box people out, get that ball, and then you rumble forward for 5, 10, 15 yards and see where you go from there. And, and he's going to be a great safety blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo, assuming that Garoppolo is 100% healthy, because we don't even know that yet. <laughs> and if he's not, then, whoa, boy, Raiders are going to be are going to be dismal. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, they're going to be upset about letting go of Derek Carr. That is for sure. All right, let me talk about some running backs here, because everybody has their eyes on the two big running backs in the NFL and that is Bijan Robinson, who is with the Falcon, of course, Jameer Gibbs, who will be replacing everybody in the Lions' backfield, but signed along with David Montgomery away from the Bears. So um, some thoughts here from you about Bijan Robinson and the Falcons and Jameer Gibbs and the Lions and what you are looking for in training camp. Uh, I'm looking for Bijan Robinson to see how the offensive mind Arthur Smith is going to use him back there. Um, I know he's a running back by position on paper, but he's a, all, a, special, a, specialty, a special player on offense. He can be a wide receiver, he can be a running back. He could be, you know, it just a, he's a weapon rather than just a position. And um, right. Jameer Tibbs replacing DeAndre Swift, you probably have the same player that you used to have in DeAndre Swift, so that's pretty good for them. I just don't know what kind of system they run, but I just feel like the John Robertson is going to shine more um, in Atlanta with Desmond Ritter, who's a young quarterback, too. He'll help them out. They're kind of learning together to go with the tight end. Kyle Pitts is a second or third year, still young. And then everyone sleeps and forgets about Drake London out there at the wide receiver spot. So I know, I know, yeah. Offense is going to look with another weapon added to there. So I'm looking for B. John Robinson to have a more productive year. And, and we all know Arthur Smith loves to run, loves to run the ball. I mean, that, that's clearly something they like to do. And, and B. John Robinson, one of the best pure runners to enter the league in quite some time. So certainly I totally agree with that. I mean, um, you know, it's Atlanta last year rushed the ball 559 times. That's the most in the NFL. So there's a lot to go around. But what about Tyler Algiers? He had a thousand plus yard rookie season. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's, there is some thought there that, hey, it's not broke. Uh, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's not broke. So this could become a running back by committee in the backfield there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe Robinson doesn't get a chance to break out. So I, I, I'm very interested to see if they're going to be using two running back sets, if they're going to be alternating them, if they're using them for particular types of plays. Uh, I think honestly that Bijan Robinson can be the workhorse, but it's hard for them to just, just toss Tyler Algier out the, out the window. I mean, that seems like, seems like not a smart thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think Tyler Algiers vies for the starting position? Like at the beginning of the season, what's your prediction here? Is, is Tyler Algiers going to be the running, the running back one? Or is it going to be Bijan Robinson? Or is Cordell Patterson going to come back and be like, I'm going to be, this is my backfield. <laughs> yeah, I think Tyler has the running back one spot. But I think it's going to be running back by committee as well, like you just said. Uh, kind of a thunder lightning back there. Like, you know, um, how the Packers had Aaron Jones and Corey Dillon. Uh, yeah, Corey Dillon. And, yeah. And you know, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram in New Orleans. So, like, you know, I think it might be – and in Philadelphia, of course, you have Boston Scott back there and Miles Sanders, where you did. They were a run by committee team as well. Uh, yep. The Ravens, before they all got hurt with touring sales, they were a run by committee. That's right. so, like, <laughs> and and then they were an IR by committee after that because they were all an IR. Yeah. yeah. I think it's possible for them to – on paper, Tyler's RB1 of depth chart, but they'll both see a lot of the field at the same time too, I believe. So. 
Now, do you think that there's a chance that Corderell Patterson gets cut in the offseason? I mean, like, like you said, Robinson-Algier, that's an, that's an up-and-coming, youthful combination. You got a little thunder and lightning there. There's all the potential upside there, uh, and they love to run the ball. But what about Corderell Patterson? I mean, he's, he's 32 years old. Uh, obviously, he had a breakout going to Atlanta. But last year, he was slowed down quite a bit and due, due to injury, and they kind of limited his touches a little bit. I mean, what do you think about the chances of, you know, Corral Patterson not making the cut? Uh, I think it's kind of high. I mean, like you said, like last year, he's starting to be uh, more injury prone. Um, he's getting older. He's a really old player at the running back position, 32. That's old for a running back. Right. Um, they needed him last year because they didn't have anybody else outside of Tyler. So that's where he fit in. But now they've got somebody to help Tyler or eventually replace Tyler. Um, I think his services are pretty much done. Not saying that they're not appreciated, but I think he might land in somewhere else, somebody else's practice squad and get picked up that way. But I think his days of the starting running back are pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I, I think that there's, and keep in mind, all, Caleb Huntley also there in the backfield. So oh, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen there either, but Cordell Patterson, you know, I, I think that what they're going to do is use him more like a Swiss army knife, you know, use him as a receiver or as a, a running back, just, you know, a, a receiver disguised as a running back, you know, cause he, he still is probably one of the best pass catchers out of the backfield they have there and, and a reliable target. Um, so, you know, and that's something you don't need absolute speed for. So I could see them kind of moving him around like that. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what happens, right? You know, I mean, Robinson and Algier is the future. And quite frankly, if they cut Patterson, they save some money and they can still got Caleb Huntley there as, R- as the RB3, who's not a bad RB3 to have around. So uh, very interesting things to keep in mind. Now, let me ask you about the defensive side of the ball for a oh, second, yeah. because I got two, I got two cornerbacks that I have my eyes on. And I want you to go ahead. And if you've got others you want to throw in here, feel free to. But I'm looking at Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback for the Patriots, and Deontay Banks, the cornerback for the Giants. There are a lot of others, all right? There are a lot of others. I'm not, I'm not, and that's not favoritism here. I don't, I have no love for the Patriots or the Giants. But those guys I have a real eye on in the offseason into training camp because I think there is some opportunity for them to contribute immediately. So what do you think about that? Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, for the Patriots and Deontay Banks, cornerback for the Giants. Well, as a Commanders fan, we were those two players were both on my draft board as a possible pick for us because we needed a cornerback. We ended up being right. second, but uh, Christian Gonzalez, long, lengthy cornerback. Um, Patriots need that after losing uh, J.C. Jackson to L.A. Chargers the past couple of years. He thrived there and, and built Belichick's defense, so I think he replaces that very, very well. Bill Belichick, they have a, a pretty okay defense. It's kind of underrated. A lot of no-name players, but they, they show up every game and enough to where they have a, a, a considerable nice defense. And then Deontay Banks, I don't really know much about him. I just know he went to school in Maryland. That's why we kind of mm. want him to watch the local guy. He's a shorter right. corner, but he's, he's very physical, I think, too. And um, I think he's going to – where did he go? New York Giants? Yeah. Oh, we got him Giants. twice. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. He's they playing in the Wink Martindale guy. system. Yes, yep. that'll be nice because we all saw what he did, what Wink Martindale did in Baltimore before he came to New York. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. And then I'm gonna go ahead and add Emmanuel Forbes Jr. Only of because course. time when we when we drafted him, I was like, why did we pick him? We clearly had Christian Gonzalez right there, selected Forbes. And then I watched his college tape and his training and his mini camp tape so far. That man is a ball hawk. He led the FBS and returned touchdown pick sixes and with pick sixes with six, I believe. Yeah. Uh, 
He had like maybe six or seven uh, interceptions for the, for the season. He's been a proven ball hawk in minicamp so far. Like he's always near the ball. His hands are always on the ball. So I think that's going to be a really good um, uh, person to watch during training, training camp too, Ricky to watch. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think he, and obviously he's one of the top, uh, I mean, if not top two, three, I mean, he was, he was definitely one of the guys who is one of the elite cornerbacks being selected out of the draft this season. And of course, this will be very interesting. And I should have mentioned Emmanuel Forbes because quite frankly, I will keep an eye on both of those guys this season to see who made the better pick, right? Because like you said, Christian Gonzalez was there. Everyone, everyone thinks that Christian Gonzalez is going to be the next, you know, Darrell Revis, you know, <laughs> they think he's going to be a lockdown corner. And if he right. is, you know, that, that will be that, but he may not be right. We just don't, we don't know that, you know, he played in the pac 12, it's not mm-hmm. like I mean it's not like it's it's bad competition, but it's not SEC competition and right. it's not NFL competition. So I think at the end of the day, it'll be really interesting to see how that works out. Emmanuel Forbes, you're right. He's he's there. He's always there. He's he's in the right place at the right time almost all the time. He's a little bit. I think the biggest knock on him, I think, was that his his weight was a little oh, yeah. bit. You know. He's a yeah. Big pick. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> but uh, but you're right. You know, he intercepted 13 passes during three college seasons in Mississippi State, uh, and returned an FBS record six for touchdowns, as you mentioned. This is a, that's a big deal. I mean, that's obviously a difference maker right there, uh, altogether. So yeah, those guys really close eye on that. And and you know, this is the thing though. Bill Belichick has always kind of thrived on having that lockdown corner, right? So the yeah, aforementioned right. Daryl Rivas was there. Ty Law, of course, Stephon Gilmore. He, that, that's what he likes. That's what he likes to do, and he has an eye for that. Now, that doesn't mean Christian Gonzalez is going to be that guy, but he's going to have an opportunity to be that guy. So we'll see what happens when the season starts. So it'll be interesting to me what seeing in training camp how that all kind of sorts itself out. Um, what, you know, one more guy, and this is because I'm a, I'm, this is homerism at its finest, but Darnell Wright, offensive tackle for the Bears, I have my eyes on him because, quite frankly – the biggest problem for Justin Fields last year was getting his butt kicked and running for his life all the time. I mean, it was, right. it was worse than watching um, basically the last two and a half years of Russell Wilson running around for, you know, trying to save his life in Seattle. Uh, so Darnell Wright stepping in, he's not flashy, but he's big and he's, he can mash NFL defenders He's an instant start 330 pounds, six foot five, 34 inch arms, uh, he's a guy who can lock that down. So I am very interested to see what happens with Darnell Wright. Not so much, I guess, in training camp, because I think they don't have a choice. They're going to have to lock him. They're going to have to not only pencil him, but pen him in as their right tackle, because there really is nobody else. But um, just to see how he ends up um, syncing with the rest of the offensive line and Justin Fields, because that's the one thing that's going to make a difference for us into the next season. Anybody else you want to mention before we go to the position camp battles? No, I think that's it. Well, that's great because the position camp battle actually includes a rookie that I want to talk about, and that's Will Levis versus Malik Willis in the Tennessee Titans. Now, who would have thought this would have happened, right? Because last year, Malik Willis was the biggest riser on draft boards of any quarterback, and everyone thought maybe he would be even number one overall. Uh, but then he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He slipped and slid and ended up in Tennessee. Uh, they gave him a couple spot starts here and again, but he wasn't quite ready yet. And now they draft Will Levis, and you got to wonder what's going to happen. So I have my eye here. This, has gotta, this is a big, big preseason position battle for me to keep an eye on. But what do you think here? Any thoughts on Will Levis versus Malik Willis in the Tennessee Titans? 
I think that story is very, very interesting. They, you know, Malik yeah. Willis coming out of Liberty as a hotshot quarterback, you know, compared to Vic a couple of times, had a strong yeah. arm. Then he has a 12.4 QBR for the eight games he played last season. For one, he didn't have anybody to throw it to, and two, he was still raw. That The whole offensive line, the whole team was just a, a dismal team last year. Then you draft Will Levis, Jack quarterback, strong arm. Um, out of Kentucky, though, which is SEC football, but it's Kentucky. I think yeah. he had a better year before. <laughs> but I just think it's it's wild that Malik Willis is making new – like, at the beginning of the offseason, they say, oh, wait, drafted Will Levis. Malik Willis is gone. And now Malik well, – he must have heard that because now reports are saying he's fighting for a roster spot. He's outworking and outshining Will Levis in, in minicamp so far and, and in meetings and everything. But he still may be traded. I just think it's a, it's a weird situation – to see who's going to succeed uh, Ryan Tannehill after he gets traded or released next year. This is last year. Yeah, sure. and, and you got you got to wonder too. I mean, the fact of the matter is that Malik Willis had a significant slide in the draft, and the Tennessee Titans took him. Will Levis obviously also had a very painful slide in the draft, yeah. and was taken thirty third overall. Maybe there's a reason why these guys are sliding, right? I mean, it, it, it could be. I'm just saying. You know, there's there's all these other teams out there and all these other scouts out there, but the Tennessee Titans keep taking these guys who slide, and you got to wonder, is there a reason why they're sliding? <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe perhaps there's an issue here. And of course, don't forget that Tannehill is still around. So, right. um, you know, I, I I do think that if I had to predict where it's going to go, Tannehill will keep the starting job at the beginning of the season because they don't want to put either of those guys in harm's way. I think they put Malik Willis at two, they put Will Levis at three because they want to mm-hmm. protect him. Right. Will, Malik Willis already sat behind Tannehill for a year for the most part. So I think they think he's earned that second seat. And, and Will Levis, there's no hurry to get him out there. And in some ways, it's better to protect him and not, and not make it uh, not put him under pressure right away, particularly because if they put him up there in front of Malik Willis, there'll be a lot of questions, a lot of questions, because it, even though Willis slid, he was a third round pick. Right. I mean, it was, it was not yeah. it's not nothing. Um so that's my prediction, but uh, I am, have a close eye on that one as well. Let's talk about the other one real quick because we're right at the end here, but I do want to talk about Brock Purdy versus Trey Lance. Who in a million years would have thought that that would be a camp battle? <laughs> I mean, really. Yes, I mean, yes. Trey Lance, oh, my goodness. You know, one of the top quarterbacks drafted and then Mr. Irrelevant. So what do you think here between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance? What's going to happen here? Oh, man, it's probably going to be Brock Purdy, which is kind of Trey Lance because he's been there through it all with the Jimmy G saga. And, you know, he yeah. hasn't played a lot of college ball at North Dakota State and yada, yada, yada. And yeah. now he has a chance. But, and then Brock Purdy gets injured. And at the beginning of that, right after they said he might miss, like, the first, you know, half of the season or whatever. Like, it seemed like the injury was way worse than what it turned out to be because now he's in talks of, of being the starting quarterback right on schedule. So it's a raw deal for Trey Lance. Um, I do believe Brock Purdy is going to be the starter, and I think Trey Lance is going to be either traded at the deadline or after this season because it's just not working out for him. They brought him in yeah. to, succeed Jimmy, to, 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 to succeed Jimmy G. Jimmy G leaves, and now he's in a competition with Mr. Relevant. You get Trey Lance <laughs> competing against Mr. Revel, or Mr. Relevant. So that's kind of – tells you what they think of Trey Lance. So Yeah, seriously. I mean, and, and and the fact of the matter is that, you know, so it's really interesting because you're, you're right. I mean, Brock Purdy is kind of like lined up as the guy who's going to be the starter. And it's funny because they really are looking at, because, you know, Brock Purdy's still recovering, obviously, from his surgery. But Trey Lance 
is kind of battling it out with Sam Darnold for the QB two. Yeah. I mean, that's ugh, exactly. oh my goodness. I mean, like so. I guess in what some way, if Trey Lance can't beat out Sam Darnold for that number two job, just assuming that Brock Purdy's going to slide in as a starter, then I think it's basically over, right? Yeah. It's basically over for Trey Lance, um, which is a shame because you know because I think Lance has a um, ridiculously high ceiling. I think he could be amazing uh, as an NFL quarterback. It's just a question of where he's going to play. But right. there will be a lot of folks who will be looking to pick him up uh, if he ends up getting traded away by the 49ers. That's my, that's my thought on this. But uh, I do think Proc Purdy does have the, uh, has the upper hand here, which is shocking. It's shy. That, that's the, that's why we play the game, though, right? I mean, that's why we love the NFL because you never know if yep. Mister Irrelevant will sometime challenge the number three pick in the NFL. So anyway, that brings us to the end of the show. So let's go ahead and hit the air horn on the show. All right, Trev, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? I'm on Twitter at Trev HTTC. Hail to the Commanders. I'm right here on Football Garbage Time with Hakun Wong as your as the yes, co-host, sir. and I'm about to go jump on Ref the District podcast with Nathan Stoner right now as well. So well, definitely do that. Um, Everybody, check that out. I mean, I, I've said this a million times, but you can't get enough Trev. So go out, <laughs> go out and check it out. All right, it's it. good stuff there. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, save 20% in free shipping of Garbage Time at Manscaped.com and BetUS receive 125%. Sportsbook bonus upon initial deposit. Just go to our page and use the link. All right. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.